Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome today to Southside Church. My name's Jeff Williams. I am the lead pastor here, and today we are celebrating 18 years as a church. Happy birthday, Southside. Happy birthday to you. You live in a zoo. Anyway, so yes, happy birthday to Southside. It's a great day. It's hard to believe 18 years has passed since we started Uh, In an elementary school in South Jackson County, wow. God has done some amazing things, and it's just so exciting to be able to think through that and celebrate that, to know a little history about us. Uh, We started in an elementary school in uh, just a rural part of the county that was growing, it was booming, and there was all kinds of residential areas that were popping up or projected to come around us. And so we just felt like God said go, and we did, and, and plan a church and, and launch it from there. And we found an elementary school that would let us do it there. And so that's exactly what we did. We just stepped out on faith, and on Super Bowl Sunday, 2006, we had our first service, 282 people in a gymnasium that looked like a 1980s gymnasium that, uh, where 18 people gave their life to Jesus that day. And what a, what a start. What a day. And so exciting to look back on that and think about it, and so grateful to be able to be a part of it. And uh, it was so funny, you know, we started in February, uh, we, we, we made sure the building had heat. Uh, one thing we didn't really think about because it was February was when it got, got warmer, we'd need some air conditioning. Guess what a 1980s elementary gymnasium in Jackson County, Georgia does not have? Air conditioning. It didn't have it. And so we got really hot really fast as the temperature heated up. And uh, we stayed in that school. We were allowed to stay there for eight months. And then we found a space right across the road adjacent to the school that we were able to rent and lease for two years and give us more permanence in the area. It was least, it was at least a space that we could use every day and not just one day a week. And then two years after that, we were able to stay and, and make a difference in that community and watch God grow the church. And, and we had the, the, the opportunity to buy a building, again, right across the road uh, on the other side of a four-lane highway and, and renovate that space, make it our own, and really give us permanence and really watch God go to work over six years there in that space from one service to two to three And God exponentially multiplying the people. Many people coming to know Christ, many baptisms and lives changed and so many different things. And and as, as, as we began to look at opportunities for growth, there just weren't a lot around us. And across the road again was the same elementary school that we met in for, for about eight months that had now become vacant. Because all of the growth that was going to come to our area in 2009 shut down. It stopped with the economy, and it just never came back. And we believe that God put us here for a reason. 
that we wanted to make it real easy to go to heaven from northeast Georgia, right here where we are in the Redstone community. Something unique about Redstone. I love the term Redstone, and I love the name of the community, but what does it mean? Well, Redstone is an iron ore, mineral, that, that does two things. It is a conduit of electricity, and they use it in compasses to help give direction. And I thought that was so cool. So it conducts electricity and gives power, but it also gives direction. And God opened the door for us to go back across the road and buy an elementary school. It's got 72,000 square feet and 28 acres. We've been able to renovate that space and make it our own and make it a home. Not just a place to meet, but a place that we can call home. And that's just a a brief synopsis of a little bit of the story of Southside Church. Four years ago, on birthday Sunday, I stepped up, and I don't know if it was the right thing to do, but I said it. Hey, we're going to go to commerce. We're going to take a step of faith, and we're going to go to commerce and plant another campus. You know what? God allowed us to do that. And today, it's not just one campus, it's two. It's not just two physical locations, it's you online. And God is still allowing us to build real followers of Jesus Christ. You know what? We believe that happens when you know God personally, when you find community in a, in a local church setting. You grow deeper in your faith. That allows us to make more disciples. And then, in turn, accomplish the vision which is to make it real easy to go to heaven from right here in northeast Georgia. That's us. That's who we are. And I I, I believe this about everybody. Everybody needs a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And after that, I believe everybody needs a church, they need a pastor, and they need a small group. I just believe it. That's what you need. You got to have a local church, friend, because sometimes life is going to hit really hard. And when it does, you need people in your life that can be there for you. And I believe we need to be the same. We need to be the kind of person that can be there for somebody else when they need them. That is the power of the church. It's the power of a small group. And it's the power of having a pastor in your life that can love you, that can pray with you, that can be there with you, but can also challenge you to take your life and your faith to another level. And so today, my encouragement, my challenge to you is to bring your butt to church. Yes, we started this series in January. We end it today. And uh, we just want you to, I love this. It's been so much fun doing this and talking about the butts that people use to keep them out of church, that keep them away from the Lord Jesus Christ, that keeps them away from a growing relationship with Him. And basically all that but is is an excuse, okay? And every excuse we make is an area where we prefer our way over God's way. It's time today to get your butt out of the way. And so some of the excuses people make, man, I would, I would go to church, but there are too many hypocrites there. I would 
pray, but I don't know I have time. I don't know how. I don't know what to say. I would fast, but I don't know what that means. All kinds of different things like that. Well, here's one that I think is so true and so many people say. I would commit my life to Jesus, but I need to get my life right first. Have you ever said that? Have you ever heard anybody say that? I know I have. I've heard people say that a lot. Pastor, I need to get my life right with Jesus, I know, but, you know, I need to get my life right first. Well, isn't that the point of coming to know Christ? It's so that, it's so that you can present and offer your life to Him. It's not about you cleaning up in order for God to love you more or like you better or, or even just accept you. no. You come to him just as you are. The old church hymn, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Oh, man, I want to get saved right now. Back here, close your eyes. I'll get saved. I mean, you know, it's just a, I, I love that hymn. I love that song, but there's so much truth in it. Just as I am. God wants you to come just like you are, and he loves you that way. He wants to meet you in that place, in the dirt, the yuck, the grime, the hurt, the pain, the sin, the junk of life life. God is there. He wants to meet you right there and show you how awesome and powerful and loving he is to bring you out of it and give you a whole new life worth living. And so Jesus said, and, and, and we'll get to this verse in the, next, in the next series that we do this month, actually in a couple of weeks. But Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, he said, but, but, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. First, I believe Jesus ought to be the center of everything that you do, and I want to seek him first. I don't want to seek him last. I don't want to seek him second, and it's not about necessarily him being first in your life. It's about him being center. But when he's in the center control seat, he is the first thing that I seek. He is the one that I run to. He is the one that I long for. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, not your kingdom, his kingdom, and his righteousness. All righteousness is, it's a big word. What does that mean? It means this. It means two things, actually. Number one, it means to be made right with God. Righteousness means being made right with God. And God makes his righteousness possible for you through Jesus Christ. Number two, it means to do right according to God. And so not only does God help, God makes me right with him through Jesus Christ. It's nothing of my doing. And then he shows me through his word. And I find out through his word, through prayer, through the church, through godly counsel, I find out all of these things. I find out how to live right and do right. And he shows me that. And then Jesus said, if you do this, all of these things, all of what? All the buts, all the buts that we bring and we carry in our life that keep us from a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus, all of these things will be provided for you. The things that you worry about, the things that you stress over, the things that cause you anxiety, the things that you're afraid of. Jesus said, bring them to me. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Wow. You see, Jesus never said following him would be easy. But he did say it would be worth it. And what we see in this Sermon on the Mount and through the life of Jesus is that Jesus, 
He's ready to teach if you're you're ready to listen. If you're ready to listen, he's ready to teach. And so today, today living with an all-in kind of faith will not just transform you, but it will also transform everyone around you. Each week, we've had a different title for the sermon. Not that anybody really cares about that stuff, but it just makes me laugh. The first week was, Stop Showing Off Your Butt. (laughs) Stop Showing Your Butt. The next one was, Get Your Butt in Gear. I love it. The third week was about getting your butt out of the way. Last week, we talked about busting your butt. And today, today on birthday Sunday, we all about kicking some butts and taking some names. Come on, baby. How far are you willing to go today for the Lord Jesus Christ? Number one, stop selling out or don't sell out for so little. When I believe the Lord Jesus wants you to go all in for so much. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. We focus, we give so much of our life to the wrong things. We do, we sell out for so little. For the cares of the world, for the desires of this life, we live for the temporary pleasures of today when God, in His grace, in His power, wants us to go all in for so much. I think about Judas. Think about Judas, one of the 12 original disciples of Jesus. He sold Jesus out. He did it for 30 pieces of silver, which was the equivalent today of about $21.60. How about that? $21.60. What was he thinking? To sell out the Son of God for so little. I think that's just the point. He wasn't thinking. And and I, I think that that's what, mess, that's what sin and selfishness does to our life. We steal from the one who loves us with everything and wants to give us everything we need for this life so that we can give to the wrong people, the wrong places, and wrong things. And so Jesus tells them in this moment, in this teaching environment, he's already said so much. And he still got so much to say. But in this place, he said, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. Because ultimately, something can ruin it or take it. He said, instead, the challenge. Why don't you collect for yourselves treasures in heaven? Where neither moth nor rust can destroy and where thieves definitely cannot break in and steal it. He said, for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Something that I've experienced and know about sin. Sin always over promises, but it under delivers and it does it every time. Sin always makes promises that are so big and grandiose, but it always under delivers. If 
if living for this world was all there was, if that was the end all be all, the greatest of all achievements, then the the most rich, the most famous people in the world would be the happiest, most content, and peaceful people. But most of the time, that's not the case. And I think it all kind of comes right here. Because sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go. It'll keep you longer than you ever meant to stay. And it will always cost you more than you ever meant to pay. Pastor, how do I how, how do I go all in? What's, what, 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 how far am I willing to go for Jesus? Well, I would tell you, really what we see here is don't sell out for so little when God wants you to go all in for so much. So, so what does that mean? What does it mean? How do I go all in for God? Well, I think it, it comes back to having spiritual eyes. I want a, I want a heart I want a heart that comes from God, that's affected by God, that's touched by God, that affects my life. The Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence, with everything you've got, for out of it come the issues, the wellsprings of life. My heart supplies blood flow to every part of my body. Nothing functions without my heart. It's the center. And so we don't, we don't invite Jesus into our head. We don't invite Jesus into our body. We invite Jesus into our heart so that he can be the center of our life. And he, he gives blood flow and air and vision and perspective and wisdom to every aspect of our life. And so I want the spiritual vision to be able to see. It's our capacity to clearly see the world from God's point of view. If you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're not in a growing relationship with God, if you haven't been made right with God, and or you're not doing right according to God, you don't have any spiritual vision. You can't see the world from God's point of view. And so if I want God to change others, I've got to allow him to change me. I've got to see my need for God. I don't want to just make a decision to give, open my heart up to Jesus, let him come in, and then I just go live however I want to. That's not Christianity. Christianity is about giving your life to Christ. Yes, opening up your life and then allowing him to go to work. But that's also you working it out. Taking what he's putting inside of you through his word, through the Holy Spirit, and that comes through a church, a pastor, a small group, his word infusing your life on a daily basis to give you spiritual vision so that you can begin to see the world from God's point of view. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the world. What does that mean? Well, Jerusalem is my hometown. Judea is like my county and my region. Samaria, those are the people and the places that I don't want to go to and ultimately to the ends of the world. I can talk all day about missions and going to the ends of the world. Most people can't see that. You want to know why? Because they, they, don't, they, don't, they don't see the world from God's point of view. They don't see their life from God's point of view. And so today, we want to help you begin that process to see the world from God's point of view. But let it start with you. Let it start with you looking in the mirror and seeing yourself from God's point of view. Jesus said the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, 
your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep will that darkness go? Jesus said, if if your life is already dark, if you're already dark, how deep does it go? I'll tell you how deep it goes. It goes all the way to the depths of hell. That's where it goes. Man, I believe hell's hot and heaven's real. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I want to depopulate hell and help populate heaven. How do we do that? By doing this, by communicating the gospel, by sharing it from person to person and life to life. You can do that. I can do that. But I can't do that if, the eye, if, the, if, if my eyes are bad, if I can't see the world from God's perspective. Maybe you see the world today from your perspective. Maybe the world is dark. Maybe, maybe life is bad. Maybe the things around you are not good. Well, why don't you let God begin to work in you so that he can work through you? And then he can, you can begin to see the world from his perspective. I'm not asking you to see across the ocean today. What if you could just look into the mirror? What if you, husband or wife, could see on the other side of the bed? What if you need to see down the hallway to your kids' rooms? What about in the neighborhood in which you live? What about the cubicle or office or classroom at work? What if God began to change some things in you so that you could see a different view of yourself and a different view of the world? See, the reason we don't hunger and thirst for God is because we've been feasting far too long on the things of the world. We, 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 we sell out for so little. And God wants us to go all in for so much. We can't clearly see the, 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 the world from God's point of view because we don't see Him at all. It's like New Year's resolutions that people start. They want to lose weight. They want to get in shape. They want to be healthier. They want to do this, that. Most New Year's resolutions last, on average, three weeks. Less than 21 days. You know why? Because people either don't see the progress or their commitment level doesn't match what they want to do. Therefore, they deem that it's not worth it. And they quit. They don't have a plan. They don't put that plan into action. They don't do those things, therefore they're not consistent with it. And they don't see the results that they desire. Same thing happens with Christianity. You can sit in a room. I can probably figure out the right things to say. I've done this long enough. I can say the right things to you to probably get you to a place of conviction. If I can't, God, I hope the Holy Spirit will touch your heart and lead you to a place like that where you make a decision to trust Christ. But if you don't do anything with it, friend, it's just a decision. Are you saved? I don't know. I'm not God. I can't judge the intents of your heart, nor do I want to. And so, yes, I believe salvation is opening the door of your life for the Lord Jesus. Okay, when that happens, now what? Now what are you going to do? You're just going to leave it there and just let it sit? That's not what God came in to do. God came in to do a work. He came in to do a work in you so that he could do a work through you. You may not like that. You may not want that today. Okay, well, let him do the work in you. Why? 
Because we want you to have spiritual vision, to see the world from God's point of view. And so what is keeping you today? Here's the challenge. Here's the the offer. Here's the invitation. What is keeping you today from giving all that you have for all that God wants to give to you? What is it? Well, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, I doubt. Okay, well, I've, I, I, there's too many hypocrites. Okay, well, I don't know what to do. Okay, I need to get my life right first. Okay, I, I, but, 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 but. What's your but? I mean, some big, some small. I get it. We all got them, all right? I just want to help drive a wedge, put a crack in that argument. Come on. Anyway, it's funny. But what's keeping you today? What's keeping you today from giving all that you've got? What is it? Somebody hurt your feelings? Somebody make you mad? Somebody hurt your heart? I get it. Jesus said this, nobody can serve two masters. Pick. Because either he'll hate the one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You can't do it. It's impossible. I believe the more you the more you give, the more you live. I believe you can't outgive God. I believe here in this setting, Jesus is, is, is talking about a principle of giving. And, and so much of, of, of the Christian life is about giving because Jesus gave all for us. Why would he expect anything less back? He said, if you want to be my disciple, then you've got to deny yourself. That's difficult. you got to take up your cross. That can't be easy. you got to do it daily. And then you've got to come and follow me. That's discipleship. Well, I don't want that. Then you don't want Jesus. <laughs> well, that hurt my feelings. Well, good. That didn't make me feel good. Too bad. Man, truth hurts sometimes. And I'm not saying that to be angry. I'm just saying that to be truthful. Man, we want to be a church that reaches into the community. Man, I want to be a church that sees people come to know Christ. I want to see a church that sees people baptized. I want to see a church that sees more campuses and more opportunities for people to embrace the Spirit of God in their life, experience the power of God through their life, to have eyes to see the world from God's point of view. So the challenge, respond today. Come today. Jesus said, come to me. It's now or never. It's all or nothing. How far? How far are you willing to go for the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came and gave everything for you? He says later on in this passage, what does it profit you? If you gain all that the world has to offer and lose your soul, what can you give in exchange for your soul? You know what he's saying? He's saying everything, everything. What if you gained all of it? Everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Yet Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Today, if you don't have Christ in your life, let me introduce him to you. Today, if you're struggling and you're trying to find some traction, some connection, some growth in your life, let me invite you to come to a church, come to a place, not just to sit, but to serve. Not just to take, but to give. Not just to to exist, but to grow.
and allow God to increase your vision so that he can expand your life. If you don't know Jesus today and you want to know him and be forgiven of your sin, pray this with me. Simply say, Father God, I believe in you. And I'm asking you today to be my Savior. Say to Jesus, Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Make me right with you. Jesus, be my Savior, my Lord, and my King. I'm saying yes to you today. And I'm ready to take the next step with you. Amen. Hey, if that's you, and you want to take a step, or maybe you've already done that and you want to know what's next, why don't you make a trip to Southside next Sunday? Why don't you come see us and let us know, I've made that decision, now what? And let us help you take the next step in your faith. Not just to read your Bible, but to understand it. Not just to pray, but to make it, but to grasp it and feel it. Not just to be a part of a church, but to be active within your church. Not just to sit in a small group, but to grow together with others. So that you can be the disciple that Jesus desires you to be. Happy birthday, Southside. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week.